Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, everyone, and welcome to Moe Moe Kaon, a rewatch and analysis podcast where we talk about the light music shenanigans of Kaon. Joining us today on the main podcast stage are May, <laughs> Monica. I just said a guitar was girthy. <laughs> and Zero. Sorry, this is just me nerding out a little bit, but I really liked the sound effect they used when she was pouring out her coins onto the floor. We're all excited to be here today, so without further ado, let's get on with the show. <laughs> Let's move on to the thoughts on the episode. First of all, I love the interaction between Nodoka and Yui at the beginning. Even though it shows Yui's maturing a little bit, we get brought back to reality when like, she just says that she's excited for Mugi's sweets that day. Yui's on the path to becoming a very responsible person, but not just yet. She's still excited for like simple things like sweets. Yeah. yeah, like during that time, Nodoka actually was like, you know, I'm actually kind of happy and sad right now, but it's like thoughts, but you still see that it's like, dang, you're watching her grow up. <laughs> this is definitely like a more slice of life episode, like this is us trying to get you a guitar, this is what we're gonna do, so it's not as silly as the other episodes, like it has its silly moments obviously, but it's definitely more, se- not serious, I don't know what word I'm thinking of. It's just a straightforward plot line. Yeah. There's not much to read into. Yeah. It's like a very interesting second impression. Yeah, because like now Yui has spent time with them and like she gives them their little introductions. She describes what she thinks of each one of them. This is where most people decide on whether or not the show is a hit or miss. And I really like those character introductions too. Most shows don't have that defined character introductions. And I think that really helped me know the characters really quickly. Yeah. Because with a lot of other shows that I watch, I have to piece together which character is which and what their sort of personality is within like a couple episodes. But this, you kind of get an idea of what each character is like in like the 10 to 15 second span that they are the center of the introduction. Mm-hmm. Like, for example, like, when they first introduced Mia, like, Yui was like, oh, she's cool and mature, and, like, she got this little funky little bass riff. I'm like, oh, yeah, she probably is really cool. And then, like, literally five seconds later, you see Mio freaking out about, like, how she can't imagine being in front of a whole bunch of people. It shows, like, like what she thinks of them ideally, like, oh, yeah, Mugi's a princess, and Ritsu's really this, but then, like, a few seconds later, you see, like, what they actually are. So it also, like, shows you their ideal and who they actually are as uh, characters. And it, like, shows the character relations. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it shows a little bit more complexity in characters, too. Like, they're more than just, like, one personality trait. Mm-hmm. I love the part where, like, when Yui asked Mio to call her by just Yui without any honorifics. That was really cute. And, like, it started a really deep friendship. 
because like that's a really big step in Japanese friendship calling someone without honorifics Mio does that to Ritsu but like not with anyone else so like not a surprise that she gets taken aback yeah because she's like oh here's Sawa-san she's like oh you can call me Yui and she's like okay I guess like I don't know it was, it was adorable yeah Mio's just like um uh, Yui <laughs> and then right after Ritsu was like hey hey the guitar the guitar <laughs> Like, she looked unamused, like, two seconds after that happened. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Also, another thing I noticed with the animation is some of the inconsistencies, since this is only the second episode and the animation's still, like, not absolute. Even with the animation going back and forth between two art styles, one of the other inconsistencies I saw is the height inconsistencies, which is really prevalent in a lot of shows in their earlier episodes. There was one frame in particular where it's all four of them, and Mio and Ritsu are standing next to each other, and Ritsu's almost at Mio's height. <laughs> she was wearing heels, obviously, or she was standing on a box. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, standing in a box in the middle of the mall. <laughs> but for one of the parts, like, I don't know, there's something, like, more childlike to the season one animation. The one scene where after Yui's bought her guitar and she's all proud, she has this little sort of ghibli smile going on. I don't know, there was more cartoony things happening in season one, I feel like. Maybe because it was still like, they're sort of experimenting with the art style. So it's like, I guess that's something to keep in mind too. Because I was looking at it, I was like, wow, this is so much different than, spoilers, season two, where it's like so much more different. (laughs) Yeah, you can tell that there are some inconsistencies with the art style, like even with their faces or like with the general two art styles that it switches between. You could tell that they're still trying to figure out how to draw these characters, how to animate these characters. They're just trying to figure out what they want to make K-On animation K-On. And wasn't this the first anime by KyoAni that had this art style, you know, like the circular eyes and then like the cute faces? This is like a big change for them and they're just getting their footing. But spoilers, in season two, like, they play around with like ambient lighting and then the characters really look like they fit into the world. Mm-hmm. It's just much more vivid in season two, but it's not like season one animation was bad either. It's just like once you watch season two and you go back, it's like, wow, over time they've actually progressed in their animation. Let's move on from that part to them actually going to doing their job. Oh, you know, that was great because before they even started, before they were like, oh, yes, let's get jobs. Mio was like, I want to break free from this shell of fear that I have. I can do this. And then Ritsu's like, yeah, yeah, I found a job right here. She seriously goes back to being scared, like, two seconds later. (laughs) But this is, like, the early stages of Mio putting aside her anxiety and worry just for her friends, which I think is really, like, a part of her character is, like, self-sacrificing herself just for her friends. And that's honestly, like, why I enjoy this episode, because you see them all doing little things that it helps them develop. Because it's little things. Like, this episode, like I said, it's not my favorite, but it's the little things that you pick up on your, like, second watch through. Like, you're like, wow, I didn't notice this before. And it's just, it's nice. So, um, when Yui was, like, when she was in her room, like, oh, do I have enough money for this? Can I get a raise, like, on my allowance or whatever? And then Yui walks in and's like, what are you doing? And she's like, oh, we're gonna work to get a guitar. Louis just so precious. She's like, I would help you if I could, but it's good for you. Like, she's so supportive. Yeah. I love her. Louis is honestly, like, the best character. Aw, yeah. But then Yui still relies on her sister. Like, it's just compulsive for her. 
Like she twiddles her fingers, asks for money. <laughs> the fact that Yui just like had a few yen coins, not even like the the bills, just coins in her piggy bank. That was so cute. Yeah, she had like four piggy banks, and that's all she got. <laughs> I also liked how every day all of them were wearing different clothes. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. That was a subtle but nice touch. Because in so many other animation, you, you just see them wearing the same exact things all the time. And I understand where that comes from. You want to have a vision of the character. And when you see that outfit, it's like, oh, it's that character. But with them wearing different clothes every day, it's just a very nice nod to how they're actually people. And that they just go through clothes like every other person and they don't have five of the same outfit in their closet that they wear every single day. Yeah, and Kyoani, like, their consistency is, like, really good. They know what they want to do, so they probably have, like, a discussion about new uh, wardrobes for the Kyons or, like... It's not like one animator could just be like, oh, they're gonna wear jeans today and like everyone else disagrees and like say, no, they're gonna wear the same exact outfit. It's not like they're putting random clothes on the Kaons either. They have specific outfits and you can see those outfits come back in later episodes. So you know it's like, oh, they actually have a closet and they reuse clothes. <laughs> yeah, that's really cool. I love that. When Mookie was trying to haggle too, was really cute because she was thinking of, oh, I'm gonna go haggle. And then she gets there and like the store clerk is like, you're the daughter of the president. (laughs) (laughs) And I feel like the reason Mookie was able to haggle solo wasn't so much of her actual haggling ability, but just the fact that she owns the store. Yeah. I wonder if she was aware of that though. Nope. (laughs) definitely oblivious because right after she's like oh yeah my family owns this store and it's like (laughs) oh well she probably like was confident and haggling but she acknowledged the fact that her family owned the store so it's one of those little things of moogie is like i want to be one of you guys Mm -hmm. in this case she can truly feel what haggling was like since like she just got a bit of help from the store clerk (laughs) yeah (laughs) She was so excited to do it. She looks at the calculator, he's like, lower! (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It's not like when Ritsu was haggling where she was literally like yelling at the sore clerk. Mugi was just like, had a smile on her face and was just like, go lower! Like it was like a game or something. Yeah, because Ritsu apparently made the store clerk cry when she did it. Yep. (laughs) Like when it was wrapping up and they were all excited, like, yeah, Yui finally has your guitar, woo, we can finally become a band. And then they had that little countdown. Oh, yeah, like, yeah, oh, yes. yeah, yeah, We're gonna go to Budokan by gra- before graduation. And then it's like 1069 days until Budokan or something. I'm like, oh my god, stop. I looked it up, and then um, 1065 was about three years. So it's like giving a little nod to the end of Kaon there when they had their... No, I'm not gonna spoil it, but like, <laughs> it's giving a nod to the end of Kaon. That was just a nice touch. But I don't know, if you look at that picture too, though, it, it looks like oddly photoshopped, even though it probably isn't. <laughs> That's season one for you. <laughs> because looking at it, I was like, this, the outlines on them look like they got photoshopped into this picture. <laughs> I still like the picture, though, like, overall. Mm-hmm. You know, it's definitely a cute picture. And now we're going to move on to our discussion topic today, which is the bonding that helps the Kaons become a band and not just a random group of people hanging out together. This episode, I think, honestly, is what brought them together. Compared to how they were in episode one, it's like, wow, after this moment, they were all so dedicated. It was how dedicated they were to be like, let's work together. 
to get this guitar. I think that really, like, if you watch it, it's just so heartwarming, honestly. Yeah, like, episode one was them joining the band, and then episode two was them being in the band and, like, actually socializing and, like, making new friends. When they first started out the traffic job, like, they were racing each other, and then it was like, oh, karma, and then Ritsu, like, hurts her hand, and she's like, ah! And then he was like, oh, this is what you get for fooling around. It's like, I don't know. I think all the little things in this episode, from them trying to win the lottery to get a guitar for Yui and, like, Mugi's dedication to the job, it was all those little nuances that helped to make this episode. Like, it was good. It added to it. It's just all those small interactions that build up into a bigger dynamic between all the characters. Yeah, I think this episode is, like, establishing that different chemistries between each character and, like, their personalities. Yeah, it's really just introducing them a lot more than they got introduced in episode one. Because at this point, they've probably been together for, like, a week or two or so, right? Yeah. Yeah. But this episode actually helped them get out there. It was, like, an icebreaker almost for them. And it was just, like, I think it was seeing Yui's dedication to uh, trying to actually, like, work for the guitar. Because at one point when she's like, oh, we can do this, guys, they, were, they all, like, blushed at the same time. Like, oh, you're all smitten by her. You're all smitten by her happiness. But I think that moment when um, the first time they were hanging out by, like, the train station or bus stop or whatever was the moment that, like, really started to put down those, like, foundation for their friendship. Like, even though Yui kind of avoids the point of all of them working in tandem, getting jobs, and to earn money for her guitar. Like, she still pays them back. She'll get her guitar eventually, but as long as she spends time playing with the rest of the cans, she'll be okay. Yeah. You could see in their interactions, especially when they're working at the surveying job, of what each dynamic is gonna be. You can see with Yui and Mugi, you can see that Yui, like, really regards Mugi in, like, this really high place, like, oh, she's so princess-like. She's so, she's so great. How is she here? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and you see, like, Yui and Ritsu, like, bonding, being their goofy selves. Like, they went from who is this girl with no tempo to, like, best bros. And then if you nudge into Ritsu and Mio, where Mio just sort of listens, like, oh, yeah, yeah, Ritsu's, you know, playing these beats. Yeah, wait a minute. What are you doing? (laughs) Pay attention to the job. (laughs) Like, I feel like that shows their dynamic, too. Like, Mio's like, oh, yeah, yeah, this is good, this is good. It's like, wait, no, we're supposed to be doing something. It's not just with Ritsu, it's with the entire band. Like, most of the time, it's, like, three against one, with Ritsu thinking of some crazy idea, and Yui's like, yeah, let's totally do it, and it's, like, all in, and then Mugi's like, yeah, let's do it, because she doesn't know what's going on, but she wants to do it because it sounds like fun. And then Mio's just like, god damn it. <laughs> Yeah, like, there was this one part in this episode where Ritsu was like, yeah, and then Mugi was like, woo, and then Mio was like, what? What is happening? Because <laughs> I think it was, like, one of the first times that Mugi was like, because she did it kind of shyly, too. She's like, yeah, and then Yui was like, woo, and then Mio was like, oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was Mugi, like, breaking out of her shell. That was really nice. Like, character relation-wise, back to Yui um, with the guitar. Like, even after they finished their jobs, when Yui was like, Oh, um, you guys can keep your money. I'm just gonna try to buy it myself. And Ritsu was like, we gotta work even harder to get this guitar. It's like, she literally just told you you don't have to. But like, I don't know. This, Like I said, the little things in this episode are just so beautiful. And it just really shows that they started caring for each other because of this event, like sort of pushing them all together. And with Yui doing that, it's a very, very big step for Yui because... Yui's supposed to be this airheaded person. And then for her to 
be that insightful and humble and be like, no, 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 take your money back. I'll just buy a cheaper guitar so that I can practice with you guys and so we can play in a band quicker. That takes so much maturity. And for Yui to actually like do that is just really inspiring. And it's like, wow, like Yui actually has this complexity in her personality that's more than just like loafing around and being lazy all the time. All right, let's go to the lightning round. First question. What part-time job would fit each of the Kaons? Well, Ritsu would probably like work at a restaurant as some sort of staff, even if it's low level. Cause like in your fic, Zero, she is like a foodie and chef at heart after all. So like, yeah, I feel like she'd be at home there. But yeah, I guess going off of that then, I guess you're working at a donut shop or something. I could just picture her working there and then possibly going to a different job. Like, yeah, like you said, like at a restaurant, like maybe like, I don't know if they have diners in Japan. I'm sure they have some sort of mom and pops restaurant. Yeah. Somewhere she could like take over. Future chef Fritsu. I kind of went in a very different direction. Well, we're still early on in the series, so I went off of what Ritsu is right now. So what I said is either like an arcade job or like a comic book store. Mio works at a music store because like in this episode, you saw how knowledgeable she was with different types of music gear. And even though she's a shy person, when she was talking about something that she was really passionate about like that shyness kind of went away and she turns into this more confident and mature version of Mio. Oh yeah that is true. I totally went for like the super cliche thing and said like a librarian. You too? (laughs) Oh my god. (laughs) Like you said you were going off Ritsu in this episode. I just kind of thought about Mio in this episode since that was like a predominant like characteristic of her not being able to do things with people being surrounded by literature and it being quiet would be perfect for like her reserved uh self no i actually was thinking the same thing like going off of who she is like what we've seen of her not knowing like who she is later on i was thinking the same thing because like in the beginning she wanted to join like the lit club so I was like, oh, maybe she would want to be a librarian. You know, it's really quiet there. You don't really have to talk to people. A bookstore could also be a close thing to that. But then I could also see the music shop, like you were saying before. Yeah, me too. Let's do Mugi now. Like maybe like a sales associate or something. Not not anything like that, but something more like on the commoner teenager level where it's like easily accessible and like very typical. I think thinking about Mugi, just like what we know of her, I don't know if I can like see her like working in some sort of cafe. Oh, I said that too. Oh, uh, yeah, that'd be nice. Yeah, like, oh, maybe I like said a maid cafe. cafe. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> you know, definitely a cafe. I was thinking a maid cafe. Like, that feels like Mugi would do that sort of commoner type of thing. That'd be really a Mugi thing right there. Especially because she likes to serve tea for the other Kaons. And she likes uh, cosplaying too. Yeah. And then Yui. I think a uh, full-time hobo. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Busking on the streets. <laughs> Nick. She keeps playing that little riff. <laughs> Everyone throws money at her. 
dog sitter or a dog walker. Oh my god, I said pet shelter volunteer. You don't get paid for volunteer. <laughs> I know, but like, does Yui like really care? She'll probably be like, oh yeah, I'm helping out. So are you getting paid? No, I'm helping. What? What? She just wants to see the dogs. <laughs> or maybe a professional taste tester. Ooh. Not very professional though. Just eat everything. Yeah, she would just say everything is good. The second question. Why did Yui think that Gita was cute? The coloring is like pretty cute, I guess. But other than that, Yui's kind of an enigma. <laughs> My answer is please refer to the TV tropes page. Love at first sight. Okay, so my answer for this question is actually, um, the guitar, like, itself, the colors are, like, all fiery and passionate. And it's sort of, like, the opposite of what Yui is in a way, so maybe, like, attracted her. Third question. Why didn't Mugi just flat out buy Gita for Yui? Well, I mean, she did in the manga, but, like, since the episode needed to be bit longer than that but it also gets a bit deeper than that since like mugi wanted to spend more time with the kaons and she wanted to do something to relate to the girls which is perfect working with them like having a part-time job and experiencing that that's pretty much what mugi like aspires to do my answer is that she didn't want her high class position to be exposed yet because most of the other chaos can't just like flat out buy a guitar with like pocket money. So it would have been kind of suspicious for Mugi to be like, oh yeah, I'll just buy the guitar. It's no big deal. Okay, so my answer is that Mugi actually has an agenda. She's not, she's all rich, you know, she's not used to the life of commoners, so she wanted to get that experience. And because she wants, like I said before, she wants to be part of, like, their world, so, okay, I'm gonna, you know, stay quiet about this, get what I need to get done, so I can, you know, have my fun, too. And then it helps her learn, but, you know, I feel like she does have some sort of agenda, because there are things Mugi does throughout the series that just, they're Mugi things. <laughs> <laughs> Just moogie things. Just moogie things. Just Yuri things. <laughs> Fourth question. What are all the Kaon's fashion styles? Mio's a mom. Agreed. <laughs> Motion seconded. <laughs> Mio's a gay mom. That's pretty much it. That's all we have to say about that. Ritsu is like relaxed weekend attire it's a fun day with her friends she's just gonna wear like a hooded sweatshirt it's no big deal which is kind of her personality ritsu's a chill gamer <laughs> let's play channel <laughs> 1v1 me bro <laughs> ritsu is the i just dug this shit out of my closet yo kind of person <laughs> pretty much mugi what is mugi's fashion sense highland princess very stylish like the stylish sister in the family She's the one that always buys the brand new styles of whatever season it is. And then Yui. She dresses like a grandma. At least in season <laughs> one. <laughs> At least in this episode. I was on the other side of the spectrum. I said childish <laughs> Japanese girl. Yeah, that's what I said too, is a cutesy, slice of life, basic girl. I don't know, I was looking at her clothes, I was like, mm, the hat with that clothes, I'm mm, gonna be a grandma. <laughs> now let's move on to our music discussion. Well, Sunday siesta, it's pretty much Yui pre Kianbu, like, lazy, unmotivated, and like sleeping 24-7. This was just her being in need 
and that's pretty much it. The first thing that I have with it is the sort of the genre of it. It's sort of that Latin jazz fusion. I say like the elevator. Music oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. So it's kind of chill and relax and calming because it's just like that really calming and you kind of want to take a nap song. So I've never actually fully listened to the song because I don't know, like the intro, like oh, I was like, eh, maybe it's not for me. So I listened to it for like the first time, I think, fully today. And the song is goofy and it's like those scenes where Yui's like rolling around being Yui and lazy and like, I sue, you know, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> the song itself, like the guitar in it was definitely a lot more chill than the other song. Yeah. But like it's still a really Yui song and like, at one point in the song she's like, oh, yo, maybe I can be a chef with these qualities. I'm like, hmm, I don't know about that, Yui. <laughs> but, um... Like, she maybe probably wouldn't be able to handle, like, that job, but it's, like, it's cute, because I think the song itself embodies Yui's innocence. She loves naps. Like, that's Yui. So, with the instrumentation of it, I really like the instrumentation of it, because it sounds really thin, but it's very full of a lot of instruments. Like, there's vibes, there's bells, there's, like, the tubular bells. Mugi uses a lot of different kinds of synths. And one of my favorite parts is uh, Mio's bass sounds more like an upright bass rather than an electric bass so it's kind of more of that chill deeper bass tone rather than like that really aggressive electric bass kind of tone yeah and it fit the song with the jazzy vibe all right let's move on to guitar ni kubitake Okay, so compared to the first time I heard a different song by a different character, so like Mio's Hello Little Girl, which we'll talk about eventually someday, this song like honestly caught me off guard. I don't know, I did not expect this song from Yui. It was a lot more intense than any of the songs she sings for HTT. Like it felt more intense to me than um all the other songs. Like it was more upbeat and like if she sang these songs in the show, I'd be like, damn Yui, like you number one fave forever, bro. <laughs> but like when you then you get to the lyrics and I like once again translate because I can't read Japanese and I'm like, yep, never mind. The lyrics are just Yui being like, Ita, we are meant to be, which is kind of hilarious, but it's also like really great and it like shows this dedicated side to Yui that you real really see in the show, but it's like I guess in her head. And there's a really great funky bass riff that's in the song that like leads into a, a solo. That's yes. like Pacha. That Pacha <laughs> meme. Like it, that was beautiful to listen to. Like when Yui, when people say that Yui is a character that like makes people want to listen to her, I feel like this song really showed that. I'm like, okay, this one, like Aki Toyosaki did a great job with capturing that like headliner vibe sort of thing that Yui has. I don't know. Like this song was definitely like, wow. It definitely like blew my mind when I heard it. It's a very hard rock song, something you could like pump your fist to. And even though the lyrics is just like Yui's weird relationship with her guitar, it's like kind of an analogy of how much Yui loves playing her guitar and how she's passionate like for music in general. And also like looking into the lyrics, a lot of what she wrote the lyrics on was actually what we saw in this episode. I'm just gonna go through a couple lyrics for you. In the mirror, we look so cool somehow. I'm suddenly transformed from a normal girl to, whoa, so musician-like. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, that just nods to the part in the episode where she was, like, looking at the mirror. She's like, whoa, I look like a musician now. I don't know how to play guitar yet, but I look like a musician. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I really like the production of the song. Like, what May said a while ago is, like, that one bass riff right before it goes into the guitar solo is like great also going into the mix again i really like how many different voices moogie does for all the keyboards 
like for the verses, it's like this very edgy, distorted synth noise. And then for the pre-chorus, it goes into this softer, warmer sounding synth. And then for the chorus, it goes into like a clean piano noise. And then there's also like these wind chime parts, which could just be added in like studio versions or Moogie could like actually have a wind chime noise on her piano that she like just presses or something. I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> Does anyone have any final thoughts that they would like to add? It was a slow episode, but it had a lot in it, honestly. Like, it was definitely, like, it's still a good episode, even though it's, like, I don't know, a bit slow. Thanks for tuning in! Moe Moe Keon would like to thank May, Monica, and Zero for joining us here today on the podcast. If you want more of Moe Moe Keon, please follow us at mmky-podcast.tumblr.com. We'll see you at the next show. And remember, The words of the Illuminati. The moon has turned to blood. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.